greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast and a very happy Easter to you all. Do please leave a comment or a like. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with you all as our worship begins. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you.
Lord be with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Please be seated. It is a great delight to welcome you to St. Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the sixth Sunday of Easter. Wherever you are in the world right now, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you're very much part of the St. Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Let us therefore rejoice by putting away all malice and evil and confessing our sins with a sincere and true heart. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
God, our Redeemer, you have delivered us from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of your Son. Grant that as by his death he has recalled us to life, so by his continual presence in us he may raise us to eternal joy through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me round among them, and behold, there were very many upon the valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And as I looked, there were sinews upon them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great host. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are clean cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you home into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you and you shall live, and I will place you in your own lands. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
reading from the Acts of the Apostles. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing beseeching him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Setting sail, therefore, from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia, and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days, and on the Sabbath day we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshipper of God. The Lord opened her heart to give heed to what was said by Paul. And when she was baptized with her household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. This is the word of the Lord.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, If a man loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I go away and I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced, because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the things that I love most about being Rector of St Bride's is that our ministry to journalists enables me to meet people whom most clergy would simply never have the chance to meet and to go to places where clergy would never normally be able to go. I have sat round the conference table of a national newspaper to watch the editors put together the following day's edition. I've sat behind a bank of screens to watch the news go out live. And of course, I won't even mention the nuptials of Rupert Murdoch and Jerry Hall. Bother, I just seem to have mentioned it. And interestingly enough, hearing about this distinctive aspect of our ministry at St Bride's, I'm often asked by people whether I myself have a background in journalism, which I always find somewhat amusing because absolutely nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, before coming here back in 2014, I had spent most of my ministry doing everything in my power to avoid journalists, viewing them with a deep suspicion and mistrust that at times bordered on fear. And there was a reason for that. Many years ago, when I was working in theological education, two young students of mine, in completely separate and unrelated incidents, had their lives absolutely destroyed by the tabloid press. What made it worse was that neither of them had actually done anything particularly bad. They were just foolish and unguarded in the comments that they made. And a couple of journalists intent on causing mischief had a field day, distorting and misinterpreting what had been said to them in a somewhat salacious way, which produced stories that ended up being on the front pages 
of their newspapers. My own personal experience of journalists was much less extreme, but I too have been misquoted, and on one occasion, a piece about my then church was accompanied by a photograph of another church altogether in what was a deliberate attempt to convey a completely misleading impression. Never trust the press, I thought to myself. And all of this accompanied my own long-standing reluctance to put anything that I wrote myself in print. It felt so exposing to put your own thoughts and ideas, your own soul, out there in the world in print for other people to critique and comment on. That's why it was not until two years before I came here that I finally published a book. And it wasn't caused by writer's block, it was publishing block. And the same went for being interviewed, particularly live interviews. I couldn't imagine anything worse. So for me, the world of journalism, the world of publishing, and the world of media interviews were places of intense fear and mistrust, which is, of course, why the Lord, in his infinite mercy and wisdom, sent me to be rectors of, rector of the journalist's church, where not only did I have to spend significant parts of every week not merely dealing with journalists, but with every aspect of the life of the media. And also I was expected to give live interviews. I was bombarded with invitations to write stuff, often for national newspapers. I had always suspected that the Lord has an extremely peculiar sense of humour, and for me, that clinched it. So, by this stage, you will be asking, why on earth did I even consider applying for this post? The answer to that is quite hard to put into words, particularly because, at the time, it made little rational sense whatsoever. But somewhere in the pit of my stomach, in the heart of my very being, I recognised in some inexplicable way that this was the place where I was called to be. And no, I don't really understand it either. But in order to be able to do this job when I was appointed here, I had to resolve on my very first day that I would just put aside my fears and do stuff. In my first year, I decided I would say yes to everything, regardless of how scary it was. If I was invited to give an interview, I'd do it. If I was invited to write a column for the Times or the FT, I would just do it. And that indeed was what happened. And the oddest thing was that when I did actually face those fears, suspend my anxieties and just go for it, just plunge in, I found that I could do it. And sometimes that I could do it really well. And even more bizarrely, that I enjoyed doing it. And more than that too, that in the process, I discovered an amazing respect for the journalists whom I had treated with such contempt before that. I came to have a full recognition of the importance of good journalism, how dependent we are on good journalism, how much we need to support good journalists. The oddest thing was that there was a significant lesson for me in the area of faith as well in all of this. Firstly, the importance of actually 
naming my fears to myself, not just avoiding them, pretending they weren't there, working around them, but identifying them, recognizing them, looking at the things of which I was afraid and asking myself why they caused me such fear. Secondly, asking myself, actually, what's the worst that could happen in this situation? And I discovered, if I'm honest, that a lot of it was the fear of being exposed as foolish or inadequate or a fraud. It was really all about my pride rather than anything else. And thirdly, and most, most importantly, discovering anew that ours is a faith that seeks the sources of new life and new light, not by avoiding darkness, but by entering into its very heart. You cannot have a resurrection unless first you have a death. One of my favorite sayings in the, in the life of ministry as well as the life of faith is a quote by the American actor and humorist Will Rogers who said, the best way out of a difficulty is through it. He was so right. There is a story told of John and Charles Wesley, which is doubtless very familiar to our Methodist brothers and sisters, but perhaps rather less well known by Anglicans. In 1735, the Wesleys set off for America on one of their missionary journeys. And on their voyage, there was a terrible storm, which left the passengers convinced that they were facing certain death, screaming with terror all except a group of German Moravians, men, women, and children, who seemed remarkably unfazed by the whole thing. They continued singing hymns while the ship was being engulfed by the waves. And what struck John Wesley was their total lack of fear. They were unafraid to die. They were unafraid to die because of their total trust in God. That had a profound impact upon how they handled that situation, and that also had a profound impact upon Wesley. In our gospel reading today, Jesus prepares to leave his disciples to face his own terrible journey to arrest and crucifixion. And he leaves them with words, the words with which we began this service. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled neither let them be afraid. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Some of, you, some of you may have heard me observe before now how so many of the evils in human life have fear at their heart, at their very origin. Fear of being a failure, fear of looking foolish, fear of that be person being more successful or powerful than me, fear that what I have might be taken away. Fear that I might be abandoned or lost or forgotten, which is why so much dysfunctional human conduct originates in fear. And the one phrase that crops up more often than, than any other in the Gospels is the phrase, do not be afraid. So many of the teachings of Jesus and the other New Testament authors address the subject of our fear. As in 1 John, perfect love casts out fear. And I see that lived out in real life all the time. I was reflecting on our midweek communion service last week 
about the importance of finding that still place in your soul, a place of at one with God, a place of peace. It is a place that you may find in a quiet spot somewhere, perhaps even in a corner of this church. But it's also a place that you can find in prayer, which means you can find it anywhere. A place where you can be fed by the presence of God, however much chaos and uncertainty circles around you. And to find that peace, that stillness, that place of at-oneness with the God who loves you and forgives you and is always there for you, is the place where you really can let go of the fears that would otherwise keep you in chains. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And thanks be to God for that. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, from whom every gift and blessing comes. We gather this morning to pray with praise and thanksgiving, instill in us your hope and peace as we pray together. We pray this morning for your church across the world, remembering especially today your people in the province of Southeast Asia and their Archbishop Melta Jakite. We give thanks for Alison, our rector, Jeff, our associate priest, our musicians, choir, and all who work so hard to ensure that all who visit St Brides or join us online, can encounter the love of Christ and see and feel your work and influence in their lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Father, we pray especially today for all our children and young people who are sitting their exams this month. Give them the wisdom and courage to be able to shine despite all the challenges they have faced over the last two years. 
We pray that they will be inspired to follow your example and set out to live in their chosen careers and use their talents to work for your praise and glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Creator God, as we witness the signs of spring and new life across our city, we give thanks this morning for the beauty of your earth and pray that you will help us to protect and preserve it. We pray that you will encourage our scientists and world leaders to work together to find ways to make the right decisions now to protect it for the future and that we will all take responsibility to make small changes in our daily lives for the good of all across your world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we remember and think of your first disciples waiting together, uncertain as to what would happen next, waiting for the gift of the Holy Spirit to come down on them and give them the gifts and talents to spread your word to all peoples. Help us to be ready to hear your word. Be near us when we need you and send us out to use our talents to help others hear your word and see your power and love in action. We pray especially this morning for Alba and her family as they celebrate her baptism. May she too grow to know you more each day and in time confirm her own faith in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of peace, we pray this morning for all the people of the Ukraine and Russia, of all faiths and none. We pray for peace and the laying down of weapons. We pray for all those who fear for tomorrow. Encourage their leaders to know your will and support a just peace and safety for all your children. We pray especially for all those who have been made homeless, or who have lost loved ones, or whose lives have been shattered. Give them the comfort to let your love shine upon them, and may they find peace and security. We pray also for the journalists who are putting themselves in harm's way, in pursuit of the truth, and ensuring the whole world knows what is happening. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Be by the side of and comfort all those in pain, those who are facing the challenge of illness and the loved ones that face it with them. Give them and all who are ill the strength to face each day and by the power of the Holy Spirit grant that they may return to good health as quickly as possible. Let us remember also those that have died and have now joined you in heaven. We pray that they will all find peace with you and that you will comfort those who are left behind. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, we take time to remember in silence all those known only to us who need your support and love. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers, prayers for the, for the sake, sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand? The risen Christ came and stood among his disciples and said, Peace be with you. Then were they glad when they saw the Lord. Alleluia. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. But chiefly we are bound to praise you, because you raised him gloriously from the dead. For he is the true Paschal Lamb who was offered for us and has taken away the sin of the world. By his death he has destroyed death, and by his rising to life again he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is, the, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this, our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven. We worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies, 
We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. God, our Father, whose Son, Jesus Christ, gives the water of eternal life, may we thirst for you, the spring of life and source of goodness, through him who is alive and reigns now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Go in the 
peace of Christ. Hallelujah.